Louise McSharry on 2FM. Now, though, it is time for us to talk about the news. We are so happy to be joined digitally by Ethan Moore, political correspondent by the, er, by the Irish Examiner. Sorry, as if the Irish Examiner wrote you, Aoife, from the Irish Examiner. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, Aoife? I'm good. How are you? I am fine, thank you. Uh, one foot in front of the other. I was just saying at the start of the show, I can't remember anything about the week. Like the days are just melding into one kind of shapeless lump of time. It's a very strange. It's all very samey. The, yeah. the news has all got very samey. I think as well. So I think it's getting harder and harder to get people to engage. But the weather's getting better, so that's a, that's a yeah. one good thing. At least we have that. Well, let's start with something positive because. Uh, we're going to talk about the vaccines and I believe they're expected to reach half a million vaccinations over the course of this weekend. Yep, they are. So we've had some really good news about the vaccines, which is great because I know I was, I was being very positive last week as well. So let's mm-hmm. let's continue on with the vaccines. So yeah, they're, they're rolling them out. Um, we had some issues during the week. The health minister, Stephen Donnelly, actually said that AstraZeneca changed their delivery schedule three times in one week i hear like, i wouldn't even accept that off dhl <laughs> <laughs> no that's crazy but there was a lovely wee story during the week actually that in county Kerry, um in sneem there they got an unexpected like shipment of the vaccines and they basically got all their over 70s vaccinated mm. and they and RTE interviewed um there were 234 of them in this wee village and they all got vaccinated and RTE interviewed some of them and it was just the loveliest wee thing you know the whole village like all their elderly people were vaccinated you know a lot of them were saying that they had underlying conditions one man said it was like one in the lotto oh him and his wife had had both had underlying conditions and it was just like the light at the end of the tunnel for them that they were all vaccinated and you know the good whalers come in and it was like such just a good news story to kind of get everyone a bit more positive because it as 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 you were just saying like everything seems so samey at the yeah. moment so I think everyone's really holding on to the good news it's funny because in one of my whatsapp groups one of my friends sent me the headline of that and I think it said something like half of Kerry village vaccinated and she was like I don't know how to feel about this and I think that's understandable because <laughs> there is part of you that's kind of like why did they get vaccinated but then when you yeah, hear about the individuals but yeah I think then though when you hear about the people and you know individual people and you remember that these are people, you know, who are getting their lives back. It's hard not to feel very happy for them. Um, So that's great. And what's going on with uh, Stephen Donnelly talking about potentially asking for, or or Ireland asking for more vaccinations from other European countries? Have I got that right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So basically other countries have done this as well. Like they've gone outside of the EU, um, places like Germany have basically sourced their, those, those efficient Germans um, they've basically sourced vaccines from like outside of the EU mm-hmm. buy-in method, basically, um, from all our places. And there was a lot of TDs during the week, government TDs and opposition, saying to Stephen Donnelly, like, could we not at least try this? Like, I think um, Mark McSherry said that Ireland was being like a goody-goody and we were like <laughs> sticking to all the rules when really when it comes to vaccines, like I'm sure no one's going to mind if we bend the rules a bit. Mm. Stephen Donnelly has his own kind of issues about AstraZeneca. He he has concerns about whether they can actually deliver, you know, um, deliver. Mm. So he was saying, listen, we're going to look at it and see what we can do. We, because we know that there are other countries uh, in Eastern Europe have started buying in the Sputnik vaccine from, from Russia. 
Um, so there is there is other options out there and basically they were just saying like we obviously know that the EU buy-in method has had major issues. We've had major issues with um, AstraZeneca and delivery and people's confidence is getting really knocked as well. That's the other thing mm. like telling people like we know we're going to miss our targets like we missed our targets last week. We're going to miss them this week and it's all down to you know logistics and delivery. And basically Owen Murphy, I think it was the former housing minister said, listen, we need to do sort something out. Like if people don't want their vaccine, surely is there a way that we could buy them? So Stephen Donnelly said, yeah, he said he's going to look into it. I think we're at the stage now where we can't really yeah. stick to what the plan was because it, it's just letting too many people down. So they're yeah. going to start looking elsewhere for vaccines. And I think it's particularly hard when, you know, we have a, air quotes special relationship with the United Kingdom and watching them move at kind of such a faster pace compared to us and seeing mm-hmm. all our friends in the UK and, and I saw someone on Instagram this week saying who had been living in London up until the pandemic and then moved home because uh, they were working remotely saying mm-hmm. you know w- w- who has an underlying condition saying what do people think ethically of you know someone in my situation going back to the UK just to get the vaccine because you know that person could be waiting here for months um, totally. you know whereas things are happening so much more quickly over there and that is hard on the morale also do you know what's coming down the road and I don't think many people have thought about it but Northern Ireland has been like rattling through their vaccines mm. and their cases are down to a hundred and something per day Wow! Northern Ireland and the people in Northern Ireland are going to want out of the Houston and we have an open border with people living on either side of the border. So Belfast and Dublin would really need to get their act together on a plan about mm. what's going to happen. Because what we're going to see is half of Donegal is going to go up, going up to Derry for a night out when the pub's open. Mm. And that's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. And it's like, it's also not fair for people in the north to say, well, our cases are still bad. So could you all still stay in the house? Yeah. Because they're all that, va- like, people are getting vaccinated. They're yeah. down between 40 and 40 and 50 now yeah. is the next cohort they're doing so you can't wow. say to them you have to stay in because we couldn't get our act together with our vaccine so yeah. we definitely need a plan for that too yes please 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 all the plans um, well let's talk about something that came out this week which was very sad to hear um, and this is about the issue of COVID placenta plus placentitis sorry placentitis yeah. yeah so this was really concerning um when it when it came out during the nefid briefing but basically there are four preliminary reports so they're just preliminary reports of stillbirths potentially associated with a condition called covid placentitis so basically what they're saying is that you know we have to be really cautious about this because we don't know for sure the coroner hasn't concluded but the two of the stillbirths were officially reported as part of uh, the figures the other night. So the coroner told Neffet, and basically what it's like, it's like an infection of the placenta and it leads to stillbirth. And the mothers had tested positive um, for COVID uh, when they when they were pregnant. Basically, you know, there is a lot of panic about this. And the Neff, what Neffet said is that like pregnant women should just do what they're doing in terms of, you know, be safe, wear a mask, yeah. wash your hands, take precautions and speak to your doctor. There's no calls for pregnant women to be moved up the vaccine cohort. Mm. That's because of this. You know, there had been some concerns. Like I know, for instance, like one of my friends was pregnant um, and she works in a hospital 
and she didn't take the vaccine because she didn't feel like there was enough research at the time. Yeah. But now they've given the go ahead for pregnant women to get the vaccine. But this all really depends on how you feel and you need to speak to your doctor. I have not given anybody medical advice on the radio. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, and I think one of the things that they really emphasized it during the NEFA briefing was that, you know, obviously it's concerning, but it's very rare and mm-hmm. there's no need to panic. Um, but, you know, we just need to continue to be very uh, careful and about the way that we are in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, thank you, Aoife. Now, next, let's talk about Gordon Elliott, which is a name I'd never heard of until this week. And I would imagine lots of people are in the same boat, but he certainly <laughs> made headlines. Girl, same. I had never heard of this man and he seems to be everywhere this week. So apparently he is like really famous in the horse racing world. I'm sure there are dads shouting at the radio now as I'm saying <laughs> this, but... Gordon Elliott is a man. <laughs> he is a he is a yeah a really famous um, racehorse trainer, and I a photo of him came out this week. Of I'm sure everyone's seen it by now, but basically he is sitting on top of a dead horse, um, giving the peace sign while on the phone to someone. It's pretty disturbing. The horse is clearly dead, and he released an apology apology. Or in an explanation at first that basically said, <laughs> I took a call and it was just, you know, I wasn't thinking and I just sat down on the horse. I mean, whom among us? Anyway, so he that he basically apologised and said he was really, really sorry. And then it had to go to this inquiry. So basically there was an inquiry for the Irish Horse Racing Regulatory Board and they basically said, you know, you, this is terrible and... It brought the sport into disrepute. So he's been fined 15 grand, which is quite hefty. I don't know how rich this man is. I would assume he's quite wealthy. But he's fined 15 grand. He And he's banned for six months, which I'm sure is pretty horrible for him. But yeah, he's apologised and stuff. But apparently uh, it's this really shook up the world of, of horse racing. You know, people were really disappointed. And like, because the horse racing... Regulatory board and stuff, they always try, they've tried for years now, they try and um, put welfare and stuff of the horses and the animals yeah. kind of front and centre. This has really brought them back a couple of years and it's kind of, you know, damaged the sport in the eyes of people who already might be concerned about the welfare of animals. So yeah. I think it was also the fact, like, when you see the photo, it does look so careless. It really bit, does, yeah. yeah it looks it, terrible. Yeah. Um, And I'm, you know, I, I would... I was going to say I'm not like an animal rights activist. Obviously, I care about animals, but as a normal person who doesn't know anything and who doesn't spend a lot of time investigating these particular types of things, it was very shocking to see, I think. Yeah, Can I? Who posted crazy. the photograph? Apparently, the photograph is really old. Um, oh. the, there is a headline on the back page of the Irish Daily Star today that it was leaked, um, a claim that it was leaked to try and damage Gordon Elliot. Well, it worked. Um, because, uh, yeah, I mean, it did. Apparently, this photo, though, has been hanging around for a while. I don't think it's the first time certain people have seen it. Mm. But it is from it is from quite a while ago, as far as I know. Mm. Um, and it's obviously resurfaced now. And, yeah. he's, and he's been fined and he's, he's lost his job for six months. It's a big six months as well, I think, in the horse racing calendar. So uh, not great for him and uh, not great for the sport, as you said. Now, let's talk about Bank of Ireland because they are closing a, a large number of branches. Yeah, the first thing I always think of when I hear about stuff like this is I think about my granda. Um, you know, elderly people who don't like my granda doesn't have a mobile phone, let alone the internet in his house. So yeah. like he has to go to the bank. Um so basically they're gonna close over a hundred branches across Ireland, north and, and south. They're closing the one in Derry as well. 
um basically they're just saying you know because of the pandemic and also because of the pandemic and everyone was online as they say anyway so more people have moved online because of it Mm. so they're still going to if you're with Bank of Ireland and you don't have the phone and you don't have internet, you can still deal with Bank of Ireland through the post office. Mm-hmm. So there's like 900 outlets um, of impost and you can deal your, do your banking through Bank of Ireland there. But I think, you know, we're going to hear from the same people that we hear from all the time, but it feels like they're kind of screaming under the void. But the likes of, you know, the independent rural TDs who are always pointing out that it is small rural villages that, you know, we know that broadband isn't the same for everybody in yeah. Ireland. And a lot of people can't even get phone signal where they live, let alone do their banking on their phone. Yeah. So closing, like, obviously the bank is only going to care about its, um, the bank will care about its bottom line, mm-hmm. front and centre. But there is also massive issues with, you know, access for elderly of people, course. asylum seekers, people who live in rural areas, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah, it's really disappointing. But I think it's just another one of those things Like we've seen such issues with banks in the last couple of weeks. And it's all kind of linked to COVID as well. Yeah. Before I let you go, tell me quickly about Texas uh, deciding that oh it's God. fine. Let's just open everything. <laughs> So Texas was growing zero for COVID for a while. I have a, actually have a cousin who's an ICU nurse uh, in Tennessee and she was transferred to Texas to work um, during like the ground zero of COVID there. And basically there's 29 million people in Texas. The vaccine program is rolling out and, you know, the cases are starting to level off. So naturally what the Republican governor has said is like, okay, everything can reopen again. And people, you know, Kids are going back to school and, you know, not everyone wore a mask there anyway. Mm. Um, but Texas is basically reopening. You know, people are going back to restaurants. You know, they're back to shops, you know, enclosed spaces. It's really worrying. You know, Dr. Fauci, um, who's our answer to Dr. Tony Hohan, he's yeah. basically saying, you know, this is not a good idea. Um, I actually think the governor said it's time to open Texas 100%. He did. Yeah, um, I read that. I couldn't believe yeah, it. But uh, like it's, it, it's, I just find it really, really worrying because like these people obviously know how bad COVID can be because of how overrun their hospitals and stuff were and they're just reopening again. And I think it's straight, it just shows you how different the mindset is because I think if me, Hall Martin came out tomorrow and said, okay, we're reopening everything. You can go to the cinema, you can go to the pub. I think most people would say, no, I'm just going to stay in the house for a while. I think most people, yeah. although they would enjoy the freedom for a couple of days, they'd be like, no, I think Michal's way off. Yeah, way off 100%. Here. Jeez. I like, and, and as much as we're desperate for it, yeah, I don't think we could we could go for it. Anyway, sure. We will watch with great interest. Um, You know, who knows? Maybe they'll book the trend and uh, book science um, because obviously you wouldn't wish sickness and death on people. No. But uh, it's hard to imagine that it's going to go well. Um, thank you so much. That's Aoife Moore from the Irish thank Examiner. You. Really appreciate you debriefing us on the news and we'll talk to you next week. Have a great one. Bye. Bye. Louise McSherry on 2FM.